0: Tonight's Celebrity Apprentice finale recap is sponsored by Blue Apron. You don't have to wait to go on a cruise to have a delicious gourmet meal. Blue Apron will send you your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com Rob. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So get your first three meals for free by going to blueapron.com Rob. Boardroom. It's Rob has a podcast. And now here's a man who never has once suffered from kangaroo envy. I'm Rob Cisternino. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our Celebrity Apprentice finale. Maybe our Apprentice finale podcast here tonight. The end of an era, certainly. As we talk about a night where Matt Eisman became the celebrity apprentice of the new Celebrity Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I can't wait to talk about it with my amazing co-host here. First, a woman who, much like boy George, has been up all night sending 1,000 emails. Uh, Please welcome back Megan Z. Megan, how are you?
1: I'm great, but uh, I can't get Vince Neal to return my phone calls. I can't oh, seem well, to get a the hold trick. of him.
0: That's the trick. If you can get Vince Neal.
2: Hey, look, like I was busy. Okay, You know, what do you want from me? Going on. Can't be shitting around waiting for phone calls. And then,
0: uh, very excited to have uh, back with us here tonight, my very good friend who's here with us. Please give it up for
3: Mike, the man Bloom i on the other hand was a man whore <laughs> oh, no. oh boy that is a legacy my friends that's the definition of a legacy rob that greeting was even more awkward than caitlin jenner greeting arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> give me five come on i on the other hand was a man whore yes yes <laughs> i was gonna ask you before we came on if you would listen to that podcast i, think I did we have an unequivocal yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes oh i've been waiting all day to talk about manhorn mike bloom but i will need to concentrate and focus on the task at hand and talk about the battle of matt eisman versus <laughs> boy george okay so uh, maybe at the end if there's time we can get back to that megan did were you uh, did you listen to jordan Parhar's love cast
1: Oh, I know all about Pancake Palooza. I know all about what's going on at that college.
3: You know, every day I sometimes think to myself if and when I have children, when do I expose them to the things that I said about this podcast? And it's very clear that when I have children, I'm going to bury every copy of these podcasts, like the uh, E.T. Atari games of yore, in some sort of landfill in the desert so they never have to experience. What I've said on these podcasts.
1: Like Jumanji.
3: (laughs) I
0: was dying at first uh, because I thought this was a hilarious joke. I, on the other
3: hand, was a man whore. (laughs) Turned out it wasn't a joke. No, (laughs) the humor (laughs) actually lies in the fact it's funny because it's true. Uh, I mean, it's probably even doubly funny because of that.
2: Mike Bloom you and I are both considered to be the huge man
3: don't lump me in I know you're a very lumpy man but don't lump me in governor
2: <laughs> alright we have to focus we have to focus
0: here oh boy Mike I hope that uh, your experiences uh, didn't turn out like when Carson Kressley went on that cruise that he talked about last week no
3: yeah, itching no itching as, no of, itching. Yet.
1: as of yet
0: alright well as first of okay. Yet. congratulations Matt Eisman uh, yes, winner
1: let's not, let's not bury the
0: lead let's here
1: the lead. oh no life. i think we got the lead right on i think <laughs> i think rob hit it with the right lead today
0: <laughs> yes congratulations to uh, matt eisman i think that everybody here very happy to see my i but very wrongly put the jinx on boy george last week when i guaranteed a boy george victory i didn't see it coming both of you predicted matt eisman Megan, do you have any words to put a headline on the Matt Eisman victory?
1: Yeah, I mean, Matt Eisman would have never won if uh, Donald Trump was still the host of this show. (laughs) He definitely was the unknown coming in and the underdog. Uh, There was a lot bigger of names. But I mean, if you're looking at the person that actually did the work and probably did earn it. Yeah, absolutely. Which is weird because that's usually not how this show works. Yeah,
0: Mike, I thought going into this finale during the commercial break, I was saying to uh, Alex skidwell who uh, happened to be by the studio name dropping uh here tonight i was saying to him that i thought that this to me looked like it was a bit of an annie duke versus joan rivers type finale where i expected the person who did the better job but that was the lesser name was going to get snubbed and i thought that the prize would go to the person with the bigger name but no that was not the case tonight
3: I'll admit, I had some trepidation when Matt's segment finished, and I admittedly thought that the talent show, at least the edit from We Saw, was a little lackluster. Uh, Of course, I would not see what Boy George would put up, which, you know, was a a granular amount higher than Matt's, but still, I guess, more entertaining nevertheless. But maybe the final, final nail in the coffin came when the fundraising amounts rolled in. And I mean, Matt said it in his sort of big speech about why he should be the next Celebrity Apprentice. He came to Arnold, he called his shot and said, I'm going to make you $500,000, and he did. So I feel like because Matt really delivered, and in a way over-delivered on everything he did, almost everything with this final task, it would be criminal not to give it to him. So even though Boy George, I think, did a better job than I initially thought, I thought Matt still had it in the bag starting about halfway through the episode.
0: Okay, Megan, in terms of this being a one-hour finale, every other Celebrity Apprentice or Apprentice finale even, I think has probably been two hours. Did the one-hour finale hold your attention?
1: I, I think it was a little lackluster at the end. Mm. Like when Matt won, there was there was no confetti, there was no clapping. No, like there were six
3: geez. people with champagne. <laughs> 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 yes,
1: and like a, a tray of like lunch meat and like some olives they like pulled out for him.
3: Yeah, yeah you, you, uh, get the, you get the finest servings from Craft Services. Congratulations <laughs> for making money for your charity.
0: <laughs> yeah. I agree. And I've always felt like that these Celebrity Apprentice finales, especially Celebrity Apprentice, that I feel like that the real fireworks come from the reunion pieces where we see intercut with the things from the episode. Really the most boring and uninteresting parts, other than when the two finalists sing a duet together, which we were robbed of this season. <laughs> Matt, Matt wanted it. Boy, George refused.
1: <laughs> Shut it down.
0: Yeah so usually that's where we get all the really interesting parts is when we have a a reunion, but we were robbed of that as well. Megan.
1: Yeah. They took it away from us. And I, and I think actually some of the other celebrity apprentice episodes, we were on a good streak of three hour episodes for the other celebrity apprentice. And they really slashed it and dashed it here down to one. They
0: did three hour celebrity apprentice finales.
1: I don't even know if it was the finales. You absolutely have watched several (laughs) three hour celebrity apprentice episodes in your life and you enjoyed it too. No,
3: they're right there, Rob. It's all recorded. It's all recorded. We've we've got your feelings on tape. So you have it on tape. It.
1: Okay. So,
3: Mike, now
0: I'm very curious to know about the actual production nuts and bolts of how they did this. Because every other Apprentice finale, it was, you know, a little bit, um, not even like a Survivor finale where they cast the votes and they just don't count them. Celebrity Apprentice has always been, they do the final task. They don't reveal a winner. And the winner is revealed at the live finale. Nobody knows how it's going to go. Did you get the sense that there were any reshoots done on this?
3: I guess the question would be, you know, there was some talk around the RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 2 finale, for example, that they had shot several endings where each one of the finalists had won, and then they showed the quote-unquote real ending during the airing. Is that what you're implying, that maybe there is a boy George wins ending, and that's why we didn't see, you know, George in the conference room, for example, and they decided to air the Matt wins finale to show that he's the true winner?
0: Well, no, that's certainly a possibility of how they could have done it. But I just don't know. Would production have been uh, so prescient to know that Celebrity Apprentice with Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be a lackluster ratings story and that they would not get a second hour to do a live finale? So how did they pick up the piece Where Because I don't think that they've ever shot finales or shot endings for the Trump version of this show. How did they know to double cover it?
3: Something tells me that Donald Trump might have been the one to really push the live boardroom. I'm sure that there were producers being like, Donald, this really isn't the type of show that warrants like a big live extravaganza for a finale. But he's the one that's really, you know, being the main force behind it. And maybe Arnold was just one to say, like, you know to i guess go the uh the mega big bill o'reilly route we won't do it live uh and to you know to just sort of like put it all in the can at one point and i guess maybe there was an nda as well if, the, if it wasn't a false ending that like everyone just had to sort of keep hush for the what seems like a calendar year at this point until the ending actually aired where they couldn't really reveal anything that was happening
0: megan what's your take on this what do you think they did
1: I think they just uh, I'm going to go with that. They shot two endings. I'm going to go with that. They shot it both ways and um, just to have them both. And that's how they did it. I I, I really am not sure what their thinking was here. Maybe it was that they weren't sure when the actual show was going to air. So they weren't sure if they were going to be able to lock down the contestants for a finale. Perhaps that's interesting.
3: Should they have pulled a clue and instead put up like a title <laughs> screen that says, like, but the that real ending happened. was? Here's the real ending.
2: Carney Wilson, I was so impressed with you in this task. You're the winner.
1: Carrie I'll Keegan, sing. you called Sly.
3: Hold on. Carney Wilson sings her singing Telegram song, right? And then gets shot at the end. Yeah, I think that that was. We're fresh
2: and fresh! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah. All right. So here's what I think they did. So I think that there may have been a reshoot where I think that they might have gone back and picked up an ending. How about that, Mike? Do you think that that's a possibility?
3: What do you think Arnold Schwarzenegger pulled a Steve Harvey and said the wrong name? No,
0: no, 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 no. I think that they brought everybody back, made it look like it was still when they were shooting and then filmed an ending to the show.
3: Oh, interesting. So like the final boardroom might not have taken place in the same time frame as the final task. They waited some odd months later and then brought those eight people back. And this is
0: what I need. I need people like you ever see like one of those videos on YouTube where they run like the last five minutes of Back to the Future 1 with like the first five minutes of Back to the Future 2 and it's side by side. I That's what I need. I need everything synced up where I need to see what Tyra Banks look like in before they went to that final commercial. And then when they come
3: back, what Tyra Banks look like after. I need everybody side by side. So, you want to see if Tyra Banks got recast in the reshoot (laughs) of the ending? (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Megan, uh, is this like
1: uh, aluminum foil hat uh, time for me? You know, what? it's not a bad idea. We need, you know, one of those pictures where what are the 13 differences between these two things? I mean, I had to assume as soon as the finale ended, they destroyed Schwarzenegger, Inc., but they couldn't have, you know, they maybe they just rebuilt it up.
0: Well, maybe they were, you know, anticipating a second season, so they're not going to, like, throw all that stuff into the garbage or anything like that. I think you hold on to it like uh, Wilson Phillips tells you to. But I would guess if I had to say that since every other single element, every music cue is exactly the same as Celebrity Apprentice and every other Celebrity Apprentice finale ended with a live show. Why would they going from the get go decide to abandon the live finale, Mike?
3: Yeah. I mean, unless they're really going with this motto of it's a new host, a new season, we're going to do things differently. I mean, I, I think that as weird as it is to have this be a live finale, you did bring up earlier that there is some sort of magic and energy that's involved. And especially, you know, I think the the biggest missed element of the way they did this ending was bringing everyone back. Yes, Chael might have been blacklisted, and I don't mean on a show <laughs> with James Spader. Uh, but I feel like, you know, Synergy. everyone... Bring, yeah, exactly. NBC Synergy. But like bringing everyone else back. I mean, I miss John Lovitz. I miss Snooky. Uh, there, there. You know, I miss Vince Neil. Uh, if only to just uh, trot out your impression a little bit more. I think we were robbed of an opportunity to see everyone from this season. We only really saw glimpses of them in the, you know, previously on this season of Celebrity Apprentice. I think we missed out on a key opportunity to see all 16 back again.
0: I don't want to get too stuck on this. Uh, Why don't we go back and take a look at what they ultimately did? And really, it was a night, Megan, where there were no slip ups. I mean, we sort of came into the episode with the payoff to the cliffhanger, like as we expected to be a whole bunch of like, oh, okay, it's fine now. You know, we got a new guy who's going to play the piano. Everything is fine. Where it was like, oh, my God, what's going to happen with the piano player? Are they going to be able to record the song? New guy shows up. Absolutely uh, not a hitch with the rest of the music for Boy George.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we didn't get nobody had a row. I mean, that was it. Everybody just <laughs> went along with their with their lives, and, yes. and we really jumped right back into it, and very quickly we're at the actual final event.
3: Yeah, the complete opposite. The complete opposite of a row, a column, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> And, Mike, we didn't even have any
0: sort of disasters with the animals, the wild animals that were there. The baby kangaroo was a hit, even.
3: Yeah, I mean, they didn't. They went against amazing race rules. They decided to start working with animals, but it worked out well. I mean, that baby kangaroo, that Joey, admittedly looked a little sedated. Uh, I don't know, you know, if its mother was around off camera to help it. But, yeah, I don't exactly know what the theme of Matt's. You know, uh, display was, and we also it was interesting. We had the cliffhanger from Matt's side of his uh, presentation was the photos are a little meh, and he, you know, it's brought up briefly during his presentation, but we don't even mention it until we just jump right into the day of the event itself. So I felt like they kind of swept that under the rug, which might have been another sign that Matt was going to turn out okay in the end.
0: Yeah, Megan, that the photos could not be less important to how the Ultimate has. Like, they were on screen for, like, five seconds, and both teams spent hours and hours working on these.
1: Yeah, absolutely unnecessary. I mean, his ice sculpture penguins made more of an impact than his actual one-third of the contest stuff. Advertorial did.
0: Now, the big question was always going to be would Matt Eisman be able to raise the money? And Mike, he certainly delivered in spades. Do you give the credit to Matt Eisman here for this, for this organization of the fundraising? Or was it just that he did a good job of pushing the Rheumatoid Arthritis Foundation to bring in all their heavy hitters?
3: I thought it was actually a really, really good idea to reach out to those that have been inflicted with arthritis. I um, I I know I don't think I talked about this last time, but obviously this task usually is one of those let's get the big hitters, let's get our Stallones, let's get our Rosie O'Donnells as uh, Boy George incorrectly <laughs> put it, which is like a weird, another like Arnold Donald weird uh, mashup, Cronenberg-esque hybrid. Uh, but I, I think that Matt actually had a really smart idea to kind of work around, hey, I don't really have a lot of big names to reach out to. Let me instead reach out to the people. Let me be a man of the people, if you will. And as a result, he was able to really come in with that emotional angle as well. But not only did he bring in people, Rob, he also brought in pharmacists, apparently, as CVS got a check for $75,000 delivered by an actual pharmacist himself.
0: Megan, were you disappointed that it was CVS and not Walgreens that showed up with one of those Arsenio Hall, Aubrey O'Day cubes?
1: Uh, Yeah, that was disappointing. Um... From Walgreens also, there was no Swirtle ice cream. There was a lot of opportunities <laughs> here for Synergy.
3: Yep. All I remember about Walgreens was, walk for Walgreens! Just Pendulets <laughs> screaming that at the top of his horse lungs.
1: <laughs> Didn't he scream by accident something for Walmart, too?
3: Yeah, yeah I think that like, we're going to do it for Walmart! <laughs> All right, so
0: what a star-studded lineup. Caitlyn Jenner even came out. Now, I was a little confused. Uh, which team did Caitlyn Jenner appear for? Was it Matt or Boy George?
1: Caitlyn Jenner appeared for Boy George's team, it, it seemed like.
0: But I thought in the final boardroom, they made it sound like Kyle Richards was the person that reached out to Caitlyn Jenner.
1: I believe she got Chris Jenner. Mama, Chris oh. Jer- Jenner is who she got for oh, the money. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> wow. So what a messy Kardashian divorce this is. <laughs> that Chris Jenner was Team Eisman, but Caitlyn Jenner was Team Boy George, Mike?
3: Yeah, I mean, at least Caitlyn was able to grace the event with her presence. Though, I'll be honest, when Caitlyn Jenner first showed up, she did not look like she wanted to be there whatsoever. <laughs> her and her entourage, you know, Jilly Drama, uh, Tortoise, Erica, none of none of the entourage members really wanted <laughs> no, to be there. Tortoise at all. was
0: part of Matt Eisman's exhibit oh, with yes. the baby kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner was probably at the height of her powers at the time that this was filmed. I think that uh, not nearly as huge in the public eye, I think, probably in the year that has passed. But uh, Caitlyn Jenner there with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Megan, a uh, site that we will not soon forget. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we're all saying, where's Caitlyn now? Because we haven't seen her in like several months.
0: Also, Caitlyn Jenner brought $90,000, Megan, that I feel like that uh, she couldn't get to a hundred,
1: And it wasn't even from her. It was from another charity, from Grand Safety First, I believe. Uh, so it seemed like she was just kind of the figurehead. I'm not sure if any of that was kicked in by her or not. The pharmacist brought almost as much as that. <laughs> yeah,
0: Caitlyn Jenner was also very impressed. It was Boy George's eight-year anniversary of being sober, Mike.
3: Who knew that George's Soberversary was only one year older than Rob has a podcast? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You guys should celebrate together.
0: (laughs) Sure. Sure. What should we do? Not get drinks? I don't know. So I don't know what exactly me and Ben and not go out to eat either with boy George.
1: You guys could try on hats together.
0: I guess we'll just ring our bells together. Yeah, Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, so it was a whole big thing. Schwarzenegger showed up, and that really impressed him by giving him a passport. Megan, it seems as though one thing that we've learned from this season of the Schwarzenegger Celebrity Apprentice is that Arnold loves the individual attention. If you are a contestant in some sort of hypothetical Arnold Schwarzenegger Celebrity Apprentice 2, that anytime Arnold shows up, you need to make a big fuss and do something for him personally, whether it's handing him a T-shirt We're giving him a passport. That is ultimately going to be a deciding factor.
1: Yes, he gave him the passport. It wasn't covered in tape. He was able to easily open it, flip (laughs) through the pages. Um, And I'm not sure who was signing the passport. Was he going to the kangaroo and the toucan? Uh, But he did have his passport to go around.
3: Though I feel like Matt missed out on a key opportunity here because Arnold wanted to go to Mars, it seemed like. I don't know if Matt could advertise that Carnival Cruise Lines could take you into space, but... I guess sky's the limit. This there. is a trip to Mars. <laughs> it took me a minute to even know what he was talking about. Like, oh, okay. This is the point you remember that Arnold is like in his 70s. And you're like, oh, maybe maybe you're not entirely there. Maybe one too many uh, hits to the head while you're working on your action movies there, Arnold. <laughs> uh,
0: but Matt Eisman loved it. He had a total recall for what Arnold was talking about. So Matt went up on stage and he, you know, was doing a bit of comedy and uh, he decided to do the thing. He was going to go for it. He was going to do Arnold Schwarzenegger impressions.
2: Well, I'm trying not to hear. You're fired. I terminated you. Get to the chopper. Why are you still here? Do
3: it. Do it now. <laughs> Mike, what'd you think? Well, Matt sounds like the, uh, the SNL featured player who like the main cast member that covered Arnold had just left the season prior. And they're like, all right, I guess we'll, we'll slot you in and see how you do. And it's like, barely passable but the crowd loved it I should also mention uh, MVP of this episode to me was the one woman at the other table that was just (laughs) was the biggest Wilson Phillips fan was just (laughs) dying over each and every element I want to just have that woman as like my personal number one fan to root me on for everything I do in my life I on the other hand was a man whore Maybe, I don't know if she can support that, but it's uh, really testing her ability to to be a, a really, really great advocate for what I do.
0: <laughs> yes. Megan, did you think it was fitting that The Celebrity Apprentice would end the exact same way that Bridesmaids would with a performance of <laughs> Wilson Phillips, Hold On.
1: Yeah, this is absolutely the only reason I know this song is from Bridesmaids. Uh, you know, I you know, it's absolutely on my on my phone. I have jammed out to it before. But you're right. Yes, they uh, were just recreating the magic.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Mike, were you excited to see uh, China Phillips? Is that the wrestler?
3: <laughs> I
1: think it's, it's
0: China Phillips. And then it's it China Phillips. Carney Wilson. And then there's like the other one. Right.
3: It's like the Kelly Rowland of, uh, of Wilson Phillips. Uh, I, I Wendy how act- Wilson? <laughs> I liked how active they made the lyrics, too. You know, they said, hold on for one more day. You can do that, right? A little bit of mixed messaging. I don't exactly know what that means about going on a cruise unless you're promoting a rock climbing wall that happens to be on the Carnival Cruise Line. But, you know, you're, you're, you're making your song nice and fun. The chart-topping Wilson Phillips is here performing an exclusive song for you people and one very excited woman <laughs> in particular.
0: I mean, you don't think that that was arthritis related where that you can hold on unless you are your arthritis is acting up, which is going to impede your grip.
3: Yes, that was a parenthetical to this. <laughs> the lyrics that we just didn't include. <laughs> it's darker. It's definitely darker. <laughs> uh, and
0: then also, Megan, Matt gave his impassioned uh, speech to everybody over at uh, the Carnival Cruise presentation. What do you think of Matt's stump speech?
1: I think I think it was nice. I think that, you know, it was an opportunity for him to talk about his platform. I'm surprised if this was the order that things went in, that George didn't see the reaction that this got from the judges and he didn't do the same thing for his charity. Because you saw him kind of trying to do it in the final boardroom, be like, well, my charity's important, too. And my charity does this. But it was uh, too late by then.
0: I think what's hard for Boy George though is that his charity is not one that he is personally affected by. Where we've seen Boy George uh, really sort of go deep this season and talk about his struggles with weight loss and things that he's learned about himself through his Buddhism practice, but. His charity seems to be about preventable injuries to children. And I don't really know exactly what they do. Perhaps if he would have had like a parent who, you know, lost a child to a preventable injury, get up there and speak about the benefits of that charity. It is just something that he wasn't able to personally speak. I, I Again, I'm assuming that that's not the case, that there isn't somebody that some, you know, some relative of his that he lost to some sort of like terrible tragedy. But it just seems like that he didn't have that personal connection with the charity like Matt had with the Arthritis Foundation, Mike.
3: It's interesting as well, because I, I think that all facets were included in both presentations, but they might have just been cut out. Let's also moving over to George's presentation. And Carson brings up the myth-busting travel tips, which got Arnold Donald fist-pumping in excitement. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> you you'd assume, though, that like Matt didn't just skip over that in his presentation. He probably acknowledged it, too, and they just edited it out. So for all we know... Boy George had mentioned something about his charity. Maybe it was not uh, as much of a heartfelt personal message as Matt, but he had to probably at least maybe tell some anecdotes about the charity or what it was about and just happened to hit the cutting room floor.
0: So last week, so much was made about Boy George's song, and this was going to be the hit song that was going to get everybody out there taking a cruise. And we finally got to hear a little (laughs) bit of a taste of what Boy George was working on. Here is Boy George's uh, new hit song.
2: Feel free to choose. Yeah. Put your arms around someone you love or someone you don't love. Joy, joy, joy. Show me the wonders of the
3: world on the other hand, was a man whore. (laughs) I was about to say that that's probably going to be, that's probably my theme song and you just piped it right in. We're on the same wavelength there, Rob. That was the song that, that brought everyone into the fold. Joy, joy, joy. And then I speak some French phrases
0: yeah i mean what kind of cruise are they trying to get people to go on megan
1: happy valentine's day all you lovers out there
2: yeah this is arnold donald and this is one of my jams
1: (laughs) oh arnold
3: donald didn't carson say he looked like an aged jazz musician so maybe they're trying to play into his wheelhouse it's also really funny now looking back at like you know considering the keyboard player had gotten fired over the misunderstanding over the song like you think the keyboard player just listened to George's song and was like, is he trying to get people to bump uglies on the Carnival Cruise Line? Like, I can't, I can't let this fly.
0: Yeah, like, this is not the right key for this. Uh, we want something, like, more upbeat. And boy, George's like, it's my song, damn it. Like, get this guy out of here. It's like, now it's like, oh, maybe that guy had a point.
3: Uh, you should put the song in a 6-9 time. I really feel like that's the perfect time signature <laughs> for this. <laughs> Okay, uh,
0: Mike, Then talk to me about uh, where we go from here with the appearance of Natasha Bridgefield.
3: Uh, betting Fields, Rob. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Listen, she has two major songs that hit the airwaves in the late 2000s and early 2010s. We got our pocket full of sunshine as performed here. We've got our unwritten former theme song of The Hills She's a pretty big deal. Oh, maybe that's Uh, why I blacked it out. Yes, that's true. Your connection with the previous Hills cast members. Uh, I'd say maybe her wardrobe choices might be more significant than her song choices this time out. Uh, If Boy George didn't, uh, you know, provoke the provocative nature of the pitch that they're doing, I'd say Natasha Benningfield definitely hit it home with uh, her outfit choice.
0: (laughs) Megan, do you have any issue with Natasha's outfit?
1: I actually didn't think about it, but uh, if our resident man horse says that it was a scandalous, <laughs> then uh, I guess I'll have to sway to his way.
0: I'll tell you who was impressed with uh, Natasha. <laughs>
2: Carson came up with using Natasha Beddingfield. She was amazing. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> Patrick Schwarzenegger is so taken with uh, Natasha Beddington, Mike.
3: Are we, uh, Beddingfield, <laughs> um, are we, are we, sh- are we shipping them, uh, Schwarzenfield, would that be a good portmanteau?
0: <laughs> Schwarzenfield, okay, sure.
3: Or or a, a patasha, I think, would work better.
0: <laughs> patasha, that was a, a Thai dish?
3: Sounds <laughs> like a really bad like Thai dish you get, like that $2 uh food court at the mall. Yeah. He's... Hey,
1: if you're at the buffet, there's no lines though for the potatoes. Yes, the, tan lines, perhaps, but no buffet
2: lines.
3: <laughs> she but was ever. amazing.
2: Natasha, pay no attention to my nephew Patrick. He doesn't get out much. He's going to steal your sunshine.
3: That's not the that's not the right song, but it's (laughs) similar, very similar. In
2: Austria, that's what it was translated to.
3: (laughs) Okay, Uh, boy George, of course,
0: is going to play the hits. Uh, Karma Chameleon, Megan, uh, were you uh, jumping up and
1: down? Uh, I had a little bit of uh, shoulder wiggling going on during (laughs) it. Like Arnold, Donald. (laughs) Yeah, it's Uh... like. uh... Like Arnold Donald and like, you know, Arnold himself, who just says, uh, "Porsche said, he keeps it right here. He dances right in his core. And that's it. He keeps
0: it right there. Mike, how did you grade Arnold Schwarzenegger's dancing?
3: Oh, I mean, I don't know. I'm no uh, Carrie Ann and Abra, but I guess <laughs> I'd have to give it, uh, I guess, an adequate five because, you know, he wasn't audacious, but I think he kept it very reserved. I think the major thing that we need to talk about here is a stealth Mel, stealth mel B appearance during uh, George's final song. I didn't even spot her. Yes, that there was three people on stage singing with microphones. It was George, it was Natasha Beddington-Fieldstein, and it was <laughs> Mel B, formerly of the Spice Girls and of America's Got Talent.
0: Oh, the NBC corporate synergy is all happening
3: yeah who would have thought? I mean uh, she was made, she made things a little scarier, I guess for boy George.
0: Before we get to talking about the boardroom, uh, let me just take a moment and thank our sponsor for tonight's podcast. and those are our friends over at Blue Apron, the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service. In the country, you won't even be thinking about buffet lines uh, when you order yourself some Blue Apron because Blue Apron has partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries and ranchers across the United States. And just like Matt Eisman, that Blue Apron is going to help you create a killer presentation in your home because they've got the freshest ingredients around and they deliver them right to you so that you can prepare affordable seasonal recipes with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home cooked meals. Mike, are you still dabbling around in the kitchen learning to cook?
3: Uh, Just a tad. It's going so far so good. A little slow going because again, I'm still fearful of many of the utensils in the kitchen, but (laughs) I still have all 10 of my fingers. Uh, So far, so I think I'm doing pretty well. Yes,
0: uh, well, you could be like a real Curtis Stone, Mike, because the Blue Apron comes with easy-to-follow, step-by-step instructions with an easy-to-follow recipe card and pre-portioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less with an amazing variety of new recipes each week. So check out this week's menu. You can get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash Rob. You're going to love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash Rob, Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, well, let's go. Let's shift from the kitchen to the boardroom and get to perhaps the final boardroom in the history of The Apprentice. And so both teams felt like their project manager had the win. Megan, anything of note come to light in the boardroom?
1: say anything in particular i think the idea that kerry keegan had sylvester stallone's phone number was probably up there in terms of revelations <laughs> yeah why uh, uh, uh you know what i didn't do the wikipedia deep dive to what the threat is there
3: yeah i'm pretty sure he's i'm pretty sure she cleans his apartment <laughs>
1: <laughs> now
0: boy george claims that he sent out a thousand emails overnight mike does boy george have some sort of a fundraising mailing list
3: uh, yeah, he utilizes mailhimp to uh, <laughs> send out emails to everyone on his list to let them know, like, hey, it's my soberversary. P.S. If you want to give me some money for this task, that would be great. Going back to Carrie for a second, I actually saw on Twitter, uh, Carrie not only reached out to Sylvester Stallone, and she apparently successfully got money from him, she also got money from Nick Carter and Jerry Springer. So maybe Carrie Keegan, we we you know, bemoaned why she was back, but she might be like one of the stealth players of this final task, considering... She might be so well connected with the Hollywood underground that she has access to a wide cavalcade of people at this point. Wow.
1: You follow Carrie Keegan on Twitter?
3: (laughs) Uh, I, I, on the other hand, was a man whore. (laughs) No, I'm happily married, Past Mike. Uh, I I believe that the Celebrity Apprentice uh, Twitter account retweeted it. So I I am not Ah, a follower of Miss Keegan at this
0: point. We also found out that Vince Neal was unavailable to both of the project managers, Megan, that he did not respond to the calls of either Boy George or Matt Eisman.
1: I'm assuming something, something, white wine, something, something, (laughs) girls in bikinis, something, something. That's why he didn't answer their calls.
0: Oh, you're telling me the finale was tonight? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs)
4: Missed it. Missed it.
0: (laughs) So we also found out another interesting fact that Tyra Banks was there. And Tyra Banks uh, is very impressed with Matt Eisman. Here's what she had to say about Matt. He's a gorgeous man,
1: tall, fine as hell.
0: Wow, Megan. What do you think about that? Tyra said Matt Eisman is fine as hell.
1: Take that, Brooke Burke. You better watch out. People are coming for him no longer. Now that he's almost a winner, you know, there you go. He's automatically becoming more and more appealing to the ladies.
3: Tyra, I'm sorry. I have a girlfriend. She's very rashy. It'd be very (laughs) rash for me to dump her right now. So I'm flattered, but I'll have to give you a hard pass at the moment.
0: Carnival was very impressed with both the teams. They said of Boy George, his party was on point. They said it was emoting, cruising. Mike, is that even a term?
3: I think that's a term that like robots use to spit out like, you know, garbledy gook and add uh, technology about, you know, h- proper hook lines. and made no sense. I guess, you know, Carson, when setting up the display, was talking about like creating like an ambiance within an ambiance. Uh, or some sort of weird like inception type of takeoff. So maybe that's what they were going for. I did not get emoting cruising, which I guess might be the next name of Tom Cruise's child with whoever it may be uh, from that presentation though, at least from what we saw.
0: They really liked what both teams did. In terms of the money, it was close. Boy George raised about $445,000. Matt Eisman raised $573,000. Now, Megan, how come... All the money didn't go to Matt's charity.
1: That's just how it works at the end, Rob. These <laughs> Wait, are why just is there one set of rules in the end. And <laughs> These a different are... set of rules the whole game. These are just the rules of Celebrity Apprentice, Rob. Write a letter to the governor if you want them changed <laughs> no, next time. I'm going right to the president. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he actually he's, might he's help you there.
2: <laughs> okay, we got a new executive order.
3: <laughs> Did you notice, by the way, uh, during Matt's presentation, he's like I am I'm a host of an NBC reality show. When people ask you, Matt, where could being a host of an NBC reality show take you? And I'll tell you right here to Celebrity Apprentice. And it's a little pressure that a year from now you could say being a host of an NBC reality show can get you a lot farther than Celebrity <laughs> well, Apprentice. Well, I think that's
0: definitely where he was going with that. But I think at the time that that was filmed, I, I don't even know if Trump had won the nomination for the Republican Party at that point, the way that they filmed no. this.
3: No, it was early. It was like February 2016, I think. So most likely not.
0: Yeah. So I think that it was like sort of like a ha ha joke, but it wasn't necessarily like uh, it it was kind of on the nose uh, with that. So we ended up with uh, both teams uh, feeling like they won. And uh, again, Arnold was very happy with uh, both the contestants. They send everybody out and we have just Matt and boy George in the boardroom. Megan, did you think that it would have been possible to award the win to Boy George?
1: I thought it might have been possible. I mean, like like we've said before, they can really justify anything in The Celebrity Apprentice. Um, mm-hmm. But the more I kept watching the task, I was like, Carson is doing so much of the heavy lifting here. I just I couldn't help but think that that Matt did a better job and Boy George really, even though. Arnold said he didn't rely on his entourage. He totally did rely on his entourage to get there at the end.
4: Yeah, this is what Arnold had to say. Somewhere that you did not have your entourage there to help you.
3: <laughs> this is, sounds like an off-brand of underwear that you find at like a Costco.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did take me two times to listen to that, to understand what
4: Arnold was talking about in that clip. Somewhere that you did not have your entourage there to help you.
1: See, I feel like I'm getting better now that we hit the last episode of the season. I was like, oh, yeah, Entourage. I totally get you now, Arnold. Now
0: we all speak fluent Arnold. (laughs) So, Mike, Boy George says that he felt like he was the winner no matter what.
3: Yeah, that's great loser words, right? That's the, that's the thing that you always say when like someone gets kicked off Survivor. That's your pet peeve, right? That someone's like, even though I'm 11th out and you know second member of the jury, I feel like I'm the true winner of this game. It's 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 definitely words that you say to make yourself feel better. And I, I'll say Boy George, again, definitely exceeded expectations. But again, it was clear to me that Matt pretty much was the winner at this point, considering that I don't say he knocked this task out of the park, but he did well enough to satisfy a win.
1: Note that Arnold did not give his classic whoever doesn't win isn't a loser speech here. He decided that he was not going to bring that up again.
0: <laughs> yeah, he decided not to uh, with that. And really, what I don't like on some of is after you lose is when you declare yourself the winner. Boy George uh, makes an even bolder move that he declares himself the winner before a winner is even selected.
3: That's true. Maybe he already thought he lost. <laughs>
0: maybe. Maybe he thought that that's what was the case. So ultimately, we find out that the winner of the Celebrity Apprentice is Matt Eisman. Uh, real shocker, I think, coming into this season, considering that, you know, outside of the American Ninja Warrior, I don't think a lot of people uh, really had Matt Eisman as a household name. But ultimately, it is his season of Celebrity Apprentice, Megan, when we look back at this, uh, what is the story of Matt Eisman this year?
1: I think Matt Eisman is the story of kind of this underdog, never gave up, you know, was super, super passionate. You point to the Harry Potter challenge or him when he was acting like Steve Ballmer. I mean, he really put his heart and soul into it and was so likable. I think that's his story. He necessarily didn't use his celebrity or his quirks or his you know, contacts to pull him through, but really used his own skill sets.
3: Mike, do you see it any differently? I mean, I think this is a great example of one of the celebrities being able to really pull themselves up by their bootstraps, because I do think there have been many celebrities and Joan Rivers is a great example of someone who is able to I don't want to use the term coast, but definitely get by sometimes on their notoriety and their select style. I mean, Matt Eisman was the really big X factor coming into this and he was able to prove himself. I mean, I guess if we're going to compare him to like the other winners of Celebrity Apprentice past, I actually feel like he's very comparable to Lisa Gibbons of last season in that I don't think either one of them ever got brought into the boardroom. They were both very solid. I wouldn't say under the radar, but they were always, you know, very silently working, making sure they're doing their due diligence and also motivating people along the way and then knocking it out of the park in the final task. And to boot, I thought Matt was also very entertaining as well. So he had a really nice combination overall of being a good worker, being you know a smart person, managing the task well, and at the same time giving great confessionals. It's the perfect storm to create a great Celebrity Apprentice winner.
0: Okay, I've got some questions from the listeners of the podcast. Megan, do you have any final thoughts on this season overall?
1: Sure. I think some of the things that we talked about in in other podcasts was, you know, the cast wasn't quite there in the way that some of the other seasons were. You know, even even if you look at the Wikipedia pages for the other seasons, there's a section for dramatic task tension in each episode. And this season didn't have that dramatic task tension. Uh, You know, I I think think
0: that the cord gate was probably the biggest conflict that we had the whole season. Other than that, we really had very few fights. And even that got cut very quickly.
1: Uh. Uh, and it got cut really quickly and you really didn't hear anything about it like I who read quite a bit of Celebrity Apprentice articles didn't see one like clickbait <laughs> Wait,
0: what Celebrity Apprentice articles are you reading
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just people talking about the episode and what happened and things like that. But I didn't even see one. Who's writing most ar- of
0: these articles?
1: I, I don't know, Rob. They're on like different type of just like celebrity sites and things like that. Okay. And, you know, um, you know, boy, George has like fan sites. And oh, the
2: different celebrity sites <laughs> and things like that.
1: But there wasn't one clickbait article that was like, you'll never believe what Shale did on Celebrity Apprentice. You will like you like if this happened on the previous versions of Celebrity Apprentice, you would have heard about it that scandal but um it just everything kind of stayed self-contained and the show itself was uh kind of secondary to some of the attention it got between uh Arnold and Donald not Arnold Donald uh kind of going back and forth with each other
3: okay
0: well let's jump into some of these questions and Ainsley Boswell wants to know on Celebrity Apprentice returning Mike do you think that we have seen our final boardroom tonight
3: so we chat about this a little bit at the end of the last podcast. And I think, you know, the interesting part of that question is going to be, you know, within what time frame? I honestly think there's a chance that Celebrity Apprentice could be revived in some sort of way before the year 2020. I, again, do not think it would happen next year. It might not even happen the year after. But due to the fact that they cycled in a new host, NBC now has the option to essentially bring in whoever they want uh, to either replace Schwarzenegger or if they want to continue with Schwarzenegger. Uh, But I'm going to keep my expectations nice and low so that I don't become disappointed by them later. Uh, I'm going to give it a nice 5% chance. 5%? Celebrity Apprentice returns. Yeah.
0: Megan, what do you think? Over-under on the slits? That's not really an over-under, but uh, sure. Okay, Mike's over-under is 5%. Are you taking the over or the under?
1: You know, last week, you kind of convinced me that there's a chance it could come back with another host. I'll take the over. I think there's still a lot of celebrities on the table here that could do a really good job at The Celebrity Apprentice. And by a good job, I mean bring the drama, bring the crazy, bring the wacky. I think we still have a big pool of people that could come into the show and help it out in that way.
0: I still am very intrigued by the idea of if it did go away, And then hypothetically, if Donald Trump uh, did not win reelection, would that be his bounce back move following uh, what would be a contentious 2020 election? Could you see uh, that maybe that being Donald Trump's uh, first move after a presidency, uh, returning to what got him uh, really got the ball rolling, Mike? Is that possible?
3: I mean, we just had a politician on this show, so I sort of feel like anything is possible in that regard. It would be crazy, but, you know, Donald Trump is technically a producer of the show. It sort of is in his blood at this point, as it has been the past 13 years or so. So I don't think it's necessarily out of the realm of possibilities that, you know, should things happen or if they decide to bring back Celebrity Apprentice in the year 2024 – God knows where we'll be at that point in our lives. Uh, but they'll be they may, maybe Donald Trump will say, all right, time to bring it back. Or maybe he'll say, OK, this is Ivanka's turn to. Yeah,
0: well, that's up. what but, I was going to say that. Oh, could you see another version of The Celebrity Apprentice maybe in Washington, D.C.? Ivanka Trump is the host of Celebrity Apprentice Megan.
1: Uh I mean it could happen. We're not going to get her tasks about her shoe line and her clothing line <laughs> as much possibly, but um, you know, it could happen. It
0: could happen. It could happen. Okay. Uh this is a question from uh Katie Beth. Where did boy George go after he didn't win? Was he banished? Megan, where do you have any conspiracy hot take theories about where was boy George?
1: Oh yeah, this is easy. He was pushed down the elevator shaft. Oh, Very easy. No. That's easy. That's
3: <laughs> He got pushed on the Oliver chef by the keyboard player that he fired earlier on in the
0: episode. <laughs> Nick Fishman wants to know, what work does Matt expect to do for Arnold? Mike, do you have any thoughts on this?
3: Oh, I think he just wants him to be a sycopan of his. So just follow him around and tell him about how cool he is and listen to all of his uh, his bodybuilding stories. That's essentially what he's going to become, a giant earpiece for Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: Matt, I've got big plans for you. You're going to replace Patrick as the person <laughs> that follows me around and listens to all of my stories.
3: <laughs> but first, you got to get a girlfriend...
1: How great was that scene on the red carpet where Arnold and Patrick walk on it together to get their photo taken yes. and Patrick is like shoved out of the frame to get his picture taken?
3: Patrick, get out of the frame. Nobody wants to see yeah. you. Yeah, we don't need your assistant on the on the red carpet, Mr. Schwarzenegger. Can you get him off?
2: I know he's the worst. Get him out of my face.
0: <laughs> uh, Nick Lawson says, this is so close. When is Arnold going to ask them to show their calves? That's how they should decide the winner. <laughs>
3: I mean, Matt did have the better calves. So theoretically, we can't count out that piece of criteria as part of the reasoning why he won.
0: Uh, Carrie Graveline was know what is the best performance on a Celebrity Apprentice finale? Boy George's has got to be one of the best. Megan, what is the best musical performance we've had on the Celebrity Apprentice finale? Did Boy George take the
1: cake from Tony Orlando? Um, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) what
0: what about the duet between uh, Clay Aiken and Arsenio?
1: Uh I mean that's great you had Olivia Newton-John you've had Def Leppard, you've had uh Backstreet Boys uh you know there's been some good ones along the oh, way Oh yeah I forgot
3: was it, who was it was it was it Trace Atkins with the Backstreet Boys
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it was both uh Piers Morgan and uh Trace Atkins I think their final test just surrounded around a Backstreet Boys concert which oh, total true. synergy cuz the Backstreet Boys were on uh Bachelor this year.
2: Oh, it's all coming together. These goddamn Backstreet
3: Boys. (laughs) uh, They're demanding everything out of this rider.
0: Jeffrey Goldstein wants to know, uh, we need that Matt and Brooks spinoff somewhere. Uh, Brooke's sitting there with David Charvet, uh, bringing oh. David Charvet some refreshments. Megan, uh, what do you think is going through her head?
1: Uh, maybe that's why she couldn't go to the finale was David Charvet saw those bitmojis she was sending over there. And he said, uh, you can't go to the finale. You can't go help this guy out. I'm incredibly insulted as a macho man.
0: She's like, I can even. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mike, just in terms of as a piece of reality TV history, uh, The Apprentice premiered on NBC in the year 2004. If this is indeed the final episode of what is this, 13, 14 seasons uh, in the making, uh, is there anything you want to say to eulogize this franchise?
3: I think it's the fifteenth season. I think this is our like quinceanera for. Are celebrity you counting apprentice.
0: Martha Stewart Apprentice?
3: No, uh, that would be our sweet sixteen, and then uh, sweet sixteen dreams are made of this. To, call, to quote the uh, theme song from the Martha Stewart Apprentice. Uh, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like now there is going to be a historical element that is going to be incorporated into the Apprentice that we did not assume upon first watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I what I will say is that. This show, to me, no matter who the host has been, has always been silly, stupid, fun, and nothing but. And I know that, you know... Celebrity this Apprentice back. or
0: Regular Apprentice?
3: Regular Apprentice, too. I know Regular Apprentice had, you know, some moments where they actually count out count an actual business acumen. But I mean, like, they had an entire task in Celebrity Apprentice 4 where the reward was record a song with Wyclef John. And they record a rap song called Rubble Man. And that played over the credits during one of the episodes. So I feel like it's a show that still makes light and does some really silly stuff, no matter what. Because they're essentially, from the very first task of The Apprentice, where it was like, here are some high-powered executives vying for a job in Trump Industries. Go sell lemonade on the streets of New York like you were seven-year-olds. I feel like from that moment, you could tell, like, this is reality TV at its base form, taking people and really... It's almost taking them apart and really exposing them emotionally on television. I mean, it's a show that I've always personally enjoyed I'll loop back to what I said in the very beginning of our premiere podcast that I can totally understand especially this year uh if for one reason or another you decided not to watch the Celebrity Apprentice or to associate yourself with the Celebrity Apprentice but I think if you stuck through and you watched this season with us this is a great indicator that even you know maybe at its most mellow the, the Celebrity Apprentice especially is still just a piece of schlocky freak show-esque fun that i'm always going to remember on fondly there's always no matter what the season is going to be like a good handful of really insane moments that we can't believe we've seen on television so that's gonna be the legacy of celebrity apprentice to me
0: well let me just make a distinction here because i want to disagree with something that you said where i agree 100 with what you said about the celebrity apprentice that i do not think in its inception that The Apprentice was any sort of wacky type show. Sure, there were wacky moments, and I do recall uh, the character Sam. I believe he goes out in the third episode. I mean, he was sort of like the comic relief, but Megan, back me up on this if you think I'm right. That show was always intended to be a super serious show and did not really have, you know, a, uh, you know, fantastic sense of humor or wackiness about it. I thought it was people that were really fighting to get this job within the Trump organization.
1: And there was more at stake because it was at that point a real job. I mean, there were people that were taking over um, some of uh, Trump's business uh, entities that he had. There were different, you know, like golf resorts and, you know, I don't right. Know, like Bill Rancic. Got a, a real job true, coming yeah. out
0: of The Celebrity Apprentice or sorry, coming out of the first season of The Apprentice.
1: And there were I mean, there were seasons that were, you know, people after the recession, people that had lost their jobs to the recession, I believe. And there were different people who some people were street smart versus book smart. And they so they tried to come at it from different angles, talking about, you know, the business side of things. And, uh, you know, all, all that changed when they decided to do The Celebrity Apprentice and they were never able to rebound uh, and go back to the traditional Apprentice style.
0: I think that once Gene Simmons gets into the mix and uh, it's a Kodak world and we have everything that's going on with Vincent Pastore and he's a mole and, uh, you know, that the, the whole thing just, uh, you know, gets completely derailed from that point on and is a completely different franchise.
3: I, I, I would agree with that. I think there's a definitive change of tone. A parody of might- itself from that point on. Oh, yeah, definitely. They definitely sort of threw any sort of elements of of seriousness out the window. I mean, surely the, the elements of levity. I do agree that I think, you know, it's original, what was it, like seven or eight seasons, I think, including that one, Megan, that you mentioned where they sort of like put in like season 10 or something. They went mm-hmm. back to civilians for that one time. I think there definitely was some, you know, Trump even gave every episode like his like business advice of the week. And that was right. not meant to be tongue in cheek. It was meant to be. Legitimate. So I do agree that, like, even though there were some schlocky moments in the beginning, they did start off with a very, I wouldn't say serious, but more earnest tone. And then Mm -hmm. during the Celebrity Apprentice, when they're not really competing for a job, they're competing to raise money for charity or just to make good TV. Then it definitely bought into what some might consider one of the some of the more trashier or outlandish elements of reality television.
0: And I remember during 2004, they would like re-air the episodes on CNBC as if this was like some sort of like important business documentary. And I remember they would do like long-form interviews with the apprentice contestants on CNBC and like getting there, okay. All right, we're here with Nick and he's going to tell us about all of his thoughts on business and all of these things like that. So I, it really was a completely different animal at one point in time. And this is like some distant mutation that we could have never imagined at that point when it was, you know, a runaway hit back in Two thousand and four, and I do feel as though the apprentice franchise in a lot of ways uh really became much more important than we ever would have imagined, and also I think with the way that the ratings ended up turning out for the season probably goes out with more of a whimper than a bang megan
1: i I would agree with that as well that this probably isn't the finale or how you thought it would end, you know with you know, Matt Eisman standing up then sitting down very quickly in an empty boardroom. Um, but, uh, you know, you can always look back fondly on some of the, you know, most beautiful moments in television, yeah. I would say, that came from this show.
3: Now I've had the time of my <laughs> life. And I owe it to you, Rob. <laughs> it's the truth. Jump in my arms, Rob. I'll pick you up.
4: This is a trip to Mars.
3: <laughs> okay.
0: All right. Mike, do you have one highlight of this season that you're going to take away from this?
3: I actually feel like in spite of it being a, probably a more lackluster season in comparison to other Celebrity Apprentice seasons, we do have a good handful of moments. Uh, we mentioned Cordgate before. I feel like we had a lot of fun with all of the King's Hawaiian viral videos that came out. I feel like whenever you do a viral video test, there always is a propensity to create insane things that came out of it <laughs> exactly or uh the independent film that was you know the housewives dragging each other around in slow motion in <laughs> black and white uh right. John lovitz John lovitz brought fun, a lot of fun moments uh doing the bringing $500 on a fundraising task uh i feel like those were a good amount of highlights from this season
0: Megan, do you have one thing that you're going to take away from this season as a highlight?
1: Yes. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's arch enemy is a ball of tape.
3: Yes.
4: Now, while the show is going on, we now want to inspect the t-shirt. If you're looking around, if you're going, well, wait a minute, Steve, I know you're very impatient, but well, that is not my fault, wait a minute, oh, I'm, I'm going to get, me, yeah, me, oh, hold that's on, true. Steve, hold on, that's Steve, on Steve okay. Right, let, okay, let's, let's watch that. the show, let's watch the show, but it is, wait a minute, oh. yeah, there we are, oh, okay, there's a shirt.
3: <laughs> and I don't think we'll ever forget Come On Clipper Nation, the new anthem of the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> DJ, CP3, JJ Reddick, hitting Threes, Lisa Leslie in the house. Clipper Nation, shout it out. out. This is DJ can't Be Beat. Clipper Nation on your feet.
2: Come
1: Clipper Nation. All right. yeah.
0: And I think that my favorite moment from the season also comes from that fifth episode of the show when Arnold was uh, very critical of the decision not to include Lisa Leslie in the workout video on QVC. (laughs)
4: As I said to you earlier, Mm -hmm. how does a woman sitting out there at the age of 50 and she looks at her thighs and she says, it's like cottage cheese, it looks ugly. I cannot even get undressed in front of my husband. I have to hide behind the (laughs) bathrobe. You know, I want to get rid of all this. I want to train. I want to get a new exercise equipment. And she cannot relate to him. She would say, what does he know?
3: I, I, ha- I have to agree with uh, unequivocally with what Megan said a couple of episodes ago. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the star of this season. We have learned so, so much about his history in Austria, and especially about his bodybuilding history. He was always the go-to character in this season, in my opinion.
0: So, uh, great job by Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, from all the way back in the first week when he told about his uh, humble beginnings.
4: Well, but I mean, you know, the thing is, I have to tell you, that I remember when I was like 19 years old and I was managing a gym in Munich and I was taught to advertise a certain way as the manager. And I said to myself, you know, I'm going to go an extra step. I'm going to go and take all my clothes off in the middle of the winter and put little bathing suits on and walk on a marketplace where everyone was shopping. <laughs> And post. I wish I was alive (laughs) then. All of a sudden, the media came around, photographers, they took pictures and everything that was the next day in the paper. Mr. Universe running around naked and in the market. And all of a sudden, our gym was packed. Within two months, it was packed. What a story. What
3: a legend. We have six more weeks of winter. So that's six more weeks for you people to try that out at home if you're advertising for your own gyms.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, let's put this baby to bed. Uh, What's the hashtag for tonight? Could we go with we're terminated? We're terminated. Okay, that's on the table. Megan.
1: Uh, The only thing I have written down is Patasha, which. uh...
0: Patasha. The other suggestion that I'm hearing is. I, on the other hand, was a man whore.
3: (laughs) (sighs) I knew it. I knew it was going to happen. I didn't (laughs) want to bring it up. I knew it was going to come to light regardless.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Mike, I'll give you the call. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right you know what sure i'm i you know what i'm i if anything i am a shameless person <laughs> i'm putting it all that out there like arnold did during that cold day in the austria square uh where we go with Manhor bloom would that work <laughs> i like
0: Manhor mike i think this is more of the alliteration
1: Man-whore.
3: I yeah,
0: think that's that much yeah. better. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, look, Matt Eisman should be as lucky. And I know Matt loves this product, too. Well, I love it, but I'll tell you who really loves it is my girlfriend. She has unbelievably sensitive skin, constantly breaking out in rashes, horrible allergies. So
2: this has been a lifesaver for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And congratulations again to Matt Eisman that he seems like a really good guy, seems really down to earth. I am very happy for him and his win. I know that we've sort of uh, eulogized the show and talked about uh, it going out maybe after this season, but through no fault of Matt Eisman, a very worthy winner of the Celebrity Apprentice Megan.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers to you, Matt. I will drink a large glass of Welch's grape juice in your honor tonight.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they sell wine, too. Did you know that? (laughs) Who knew? Who
0: knew? Okay. Um, Mike, what do you have coming
3: up? Uh, I, on the other hand, am a bit of a pod whore. Uh, There's a (laughs) lot of stuff that is going on, uh, both in the Rob has a podcast sphere and outside of this in the coming months. Uh, I guess I'll start with reality TV or hap ups As you mentioned, Rob, I was on the Lovecast this past week with my wife, Angela, to answer romantic questions. If you would like to know about my misadventures of my college romantic life, it is all out there for you to peruse. Uh, Pancake Palooza and also feel free to check that out. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Top Chef coverage is going strong. We're moving into the final few weeks. Uh, so that's going to be a really great time wrapping up the end game of that. I would like to announce here and now official proclamation on behalf of Reality TV wrap Ups, the return of the RuPaul's Drag Race Rucaps to Reality TV wrap Ups. That's making a return next yes. month. It's going to be um, myself, Brent Wolgamott, and someone that is new to the panel, but maybe not so new to those of you that are listening to the other RHAP off season coverage. Uh the one and only Liana Boris is going to be joining Brent and I oh, this season of RuPaul's I. drag race. She the was show.
2: amazing. Yeah, Ali, a-
3: yeah. She is amazing. Uh yeah, Ali Lasher, uh we love her. Unfortunately she could not commit to a weekly thing due to her already strenuous schedule. So, Liana is a super fan. She's going to hop on board. Really excited for that. Uh, go, moving over to the uh, scripted side of things, uh, the SNL podcast. is. Uh, this is when you play the Jeopardy music, Rob. To just sort of like while well, people are waiting for me to get through my plugs. Uh, we brought back the, the SNL podcast. Myself, Rich Tackenberg, and his wife, Jen, uh, went over the SNL shows in February. That's a lot of fun. You can check that out. Uh, the Hamster Factor is always going strong. A.J. Mass and I are watching movies. I watched Hackers for the first time a couple days ago. I loved yeah. it. I'm so excited to talk about it with A.J. It was so stupid, much like Celebrity Apprentice, and I I ate it up like uh, like some patasha on a nice plate from the buffet. <laughs> uh, and I'm pr- also happy to announce that uh, I joined the Jay and Jack podcast covering the Westworld in the fall. I'll be joining them again covering uh, The Leftovers that come oh. back in April. Uh, it's a show that I've gotten very into as a result of Josh and, and Antonio's fantastic coverage on Post Show Recap. So I'm definitely going to give it a try for their final season. Uh, the Survivor Historians might have something to provide for you guys in the next couple weeks. Uh, we, as I'm losing breath here, but gaining speed. Uh, so Micronesia is piling through. We're getting through the merge. Final thing, I will see you all next month at Live Know-It-All's in New York. Uh, password is purple stuff. I can't wait to see you all there. And I'm
0: done. Uh, Mike, even Alex Kidwell is giving the signal to wrap it up. and He
3: doesn't even have (laughs) headphones on. (laughs) That might have been longer than the entire boardroom segment of this episode. That was a long segment.
2: Nice to see
0: that you have devoted all of your time to podcasting that you used to devote to man whoring.
3: (laughs) It's really a a nice one-to-one ratio, yeah.
0: All right, and uh, you can follow Mike on Twitter. He's at a Mike Bloom type. And Megan, what a joy it's been to podcast with you. I've never done yeah. a full series of podcasts uh, with you. It has been so much fun to come on here and talk to you. I think that we have found a uh, a new podcasting star uh, in you, Megan, this season. At Meg wants to know on Twitter. And thank you again for doing such a great job this season.
1: Well, thank you so much to both of you for, uh, for having me. You guys are such professionals at this. Obviously, uh, you know, the ratio of amount of podcasts both of you guys do per week to me is about 700 to 1. But uh, thank you for letting me crash your party. I know you guys already had an existing thing going with this, but uh, I had a great time. And thank you again.
3: Megan, you have taught everyone the extremely important lesson among so many great things you provide to this podcast that you can play QVC outdoors. It can be done. So <laughs> thank you for that, Megan, on behalf of all of us.
0: Great job. All right. We have so much also on the podcast uh, this week, of course, that we have been launching our Game Changers cast preview series. Today, I posted my interviews with uh, aforementioned Liana Boris, who talked about the survivor legacy of Cerie Fields. And then also Dustin West talked to me about the game of Jeff Varner. That's a really great two-hour podcast that I posted earlier this week. I highly suggest you check that out on Wednesday, we will have for you the all Tony episode where I will be speaking about the survivor greatness that is Tony Flacco. us. I'm very excited for you guys to hear that. Plus, we'll be back again on Friday with another Game Changers cast preview of two more of the Game Changers. Plus, in addition to this podcast, News AF with Tyson and Danny. And then we'll be back with more Hunted and again, more Liana. I guess what was she? The new Mike Bloom, Megan?
1: I guess so. Uh, You know, it's all Liana all the time.
0: (laughs) I guess so. And of course, uh, Kurt Clark will be there for that. So again, thank you guys uh, so much for sticking with us for the seven weeks of The Celebrity Apprentice. It was great fun to get to talk about this show. Looking forward to hearing what you guys have to say in the comments. And of course, you can make sure you don't miss any of our shows when you subscribe to the podcast. Go to com slash iTunes. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.